1 Samuel chapter 3, this is what the Bible says. It says, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. and There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel answered, Here I am. He ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again the Lord said, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son Eli said, I did not call you, go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I wonder if we could say that today just from our heart. Can we say that on the count of three? Let's just say that together. One, two, three. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and laid down in his place, and the Lord came and stood there, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Father, we thank you for your word and how we desire to hear your voice. We long for you. Our heart's desire is that we would live according to your word, not according to our feelings, our emotions, or our circumstances, but according to your word. We're like Mary in this place today, and we just say amen to your word. Let it be according to your word, but sometimes we're not very clear on what is from you, what is from us, what is from friends, what is from the bad pizza we had, I don't know, from help us to discern the voice of the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. amen. How many in this room would say you think at some point in your life you have heard from God. And I'm not just talking about like an audible voice, but you felt uh, maybe, maybe, maybe it was a peace in your heart or, or maybe it was a whisper in your spirit or maybe someone else spoke a word to you. Anybody in the room just stuck your hand up and say at some point, that's a lot of people in the room. And I think whenever we hear from God very often, because those moments can come in isolated moments when we are by ourselves, sometimes we don't process that correctly. Sometimes we can assume that maybe because it didn't come with a loud shout or like the room didn't shake or, you know, an angel didn't like just drop down in front of us, um, that maybe it was just us. Maybe it was, maybe it was God, but maybe it was just something, just an option God had for our life. I mean, you guys know God doesn't speak in options. Like, it's like, you know, I'm, calling you to do this if you want to you know it's not that's not how it works with God and I think sometimes because very often when God speaks to us we are by ourselves as a matter of fact that's really the tone of scripture 
you see God speak to people. And as they are writing very often the book about themselves, they say, then the word of the Lord came to me. You know, we talked about Jeremiah a couple weeks ago and Jeremiah said, then the word of the Lord came to me. Or Elijah says, then the word of the Lord came to me or God said to me or or as Moses is transcribing what happened in his life, he says things like, and then the Lord said to Moses. And very often God speaks to us in isolation. As a matter of fact, the apostle Paul, who was formerly known as a man, he, he was formerly a man named Saul. He had an encounter with God that he was the only one who really heard God speak. A lot of people saw what happened to him, but he was the only one who heard what God spoke. And I think very often we can be confused about what God speaks because it comes to us very often in isolation. And isolation can make us do one of two things. It can make us doubt the, the uh, validity of what we hear or it can make us very arrogant. And thinking that we have this special relationship with God that nobody else has. You know, God's only talking to me. You know, God's not talking to anybody else. And I think that's where we can get really messed up in our theology is that God speaks to me and he never speaks to anybody else what he's speaking to me. And I'm free to do whatever I want because God told me. And that's a dangerous place to be. And I just want to give you a few ways that God speaks to us. So if you're in the room today and you're thinking, God's never talked to me, I, I guarantee if you're a follower of Jesus, I guarantee you he has. Because the only reason you came to salvation is because the Spirit of God drew you. <laughs> you heard the message God was talking to you. So you've heard God. You know how to hear God. You've heard him before and you are probably hearing him right now because God speaks to you in many different ways. The Bible teaches us that he speaks to us through his word, through scripture. Second Timothy three sixteen through 17 says all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So God speaks to us through his word, which is scripture. God speaks to us through people. Ephesians 4.11 says, So Christ gave himself apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So every Sunday that you come, you, you are hearing from God. Your, te your, your, your kids' teachers are teaching and they are hearing the voice of God. It's not just the voice of teacher so-and-so. It's not just the voice of Robbie. This is how God talks to you. It's how God talks to you. So he speaks through his word. He speaks through people. God speaks through creation. Psalm 19, 1 through 2 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day they pour, pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. That's why no one is going to get to heaven. And I hear it asked all the time, Well, what if someone gets to heaven and they never heard the gospel? Is God going to reject them? And I'm like, no, nobody's going to get to heaven and be able to accuse God of not hearing Him. Because He speaks not only through preachers, but He speaks through creation. He's talking to people through the trees, talking through people through the expanse of the universe i'm not a tree hugger but I, I i understand that the trees speak they declare the goodness of god you can't look at it and say man that's just chance <laughs> uh, no more than you look at a bicycle and say man that looks like somebody just threw up a bunch of metal and 
rubber. It's, 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 not, it's not how that works. It's created. You look at creation, you're like, there's a creator. There must be a God. Okay, okay. So God speaks through creation. God speaks through affliction. Psalm 119, 68 and 67 says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I obey your word. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? That word afflictive just, just means disciplined. I was, before I was disciplined, I went astray. But when dad gave me a spanking, I obeyed that word. <laughs> and then he said, you are good and what you do is good. Teach me your decrees. And God speaks to us through his voice, which is the Holy Spirit. John 14, 26, Jesus said, The advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Sometimes, like I said before, this sounds like a voice. Sometimes this sounds like peace. Sometimes this can be in a dream or in a vision. Well, you see in Acts chapter 2 is what God spoke to Joel in Joel chapter 2 when he said, in the last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your, your, your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. Old men are going to dream dreams. Young men are going to see visions. And this is how God speaks to us. God speaks to us when we pray. Anybody learn a little bit about the power of prayer last week? Because God loves to communicate with us. And I think very often we miss the power of prayer because we think and assume we're supposed to do all of the talking. And any of the void that we find in our prayer life, we think is an issue of performance. (laughs) And so we're trying to perform in prayer. We're trying to make sure, you know, you're like, I don't have the words to say in prayer. Sometimes if you don't have the words, it's just best to be quiet and listen. Maybe God wants to talk. Maybe that's why you don't have the words because God wants to talk. You won't sit still long enough and let God talk. Ah, it's like when you get in a fight with your spouse and you say what you've had to say and you just walk away. And they're like, I think that's how God feels sometimes. Like, ah, and you're going the other direction. Sometimes I think we use prayer to vent. We use prayer to confess. We use prayer to request. And all those things are fine. But I think one of the most important things we can do in prayer is listen. Listen, and the thing about prayer is things, things change when we pray. I want to give you just a couple of examples and we'll move on from this. But in Isaiah chapter 38, um, we, we talked about uh, Hezekiah last week a little bit at the end. I, I mentioned something at the end of second service, Isaiah 36. Hezekiah, the Bible says that the enemy is taunting the people of God and Hezekiah, he prays about it, and then the prophet comes to Hezekiah and he says, because you prayed, I will give you the victory. And then in Isaiah 38, Hezekiah has become very sick, and he's, he's getting ready to die, and a prophet comes to him, Isaiah, and says to him, he says, hey, you need to get your, your affairs in order, because you're going to die. This is going to kill you. And apparently, as you read through the story, you find out that he had a boil in his body that was, that was going to kill him. And and the Bible says when the prophet says, you, you're going to die, and even the prophet goes, and you will not recover from this. The Bible says Isaiah turned his face to the wall, and he started to pray. And then the Bible says that Isaiah is leaving, and before he gets outside, God speaks to him and says, I need you to go back. 
I've decided to do something different because he prayed. And he goes back to, to Hezekiah and he says, because you prayed, the Lord heard you. He saw your tears. And because you prayed, I'm adding 15 years to your life. And I, I wonder how many of us are leaving years on the table because we refuse to pray. How many of us are just accepting our circumstances and not seeing change in our life because we just assume this is how it's supposed to be and we're not praying and because we're not praying, things are not changing. You're like, Robbie, that's cool. That's Old Testament. Well, there's a story in Matthew chapter 9. Two blind guys are following Jesus. That's an interesting thought, isn't it? Two blind men are following Jesus. That's interesting to me because instead of, instead of sitting around and complaining about what wasn't working, they used what was working. Oh, man. Some of us miss out on what God wants to do for us because we're sitting around talking about all the things we don't have. And God's like, if you would just tap into the power of what you do have. It's like my eyes aren't working, but my legs aren't. My legs aren't working, but my eyes are. My mouth is. You got to find a way. And so they find their way. And the Bible says that they're crying out for help. And Jesus actually goes into a house while they're crying out for help. help. And then the Bible says, and they made their way into the house. They weren't going to let anything stop them. And then they get in there and Jesus asks them, he's like, do you guys think you can be healed? And they're like, sure, yeah, absolutely, we believe. He goes, your faith has made you whole. Notice this, he does not say, my power has made you whole. He said, your faith has made you whole. In other words, by faith, you access something that I have the power to do, but if you wouldn't have asked for it, you wouldn't have received it. And I'm just, I'm just wondering right now, how many things are you leaving on the table because you refuse to ask? Okay. So there's the God speaks part. So he comes and he's like, Samuel. Samuel's like, hey, Eli, what's up? What you need? It wasn't me. I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't say, I didn't say your name. Goes back to bed. He does this. Three times. And then finally Eli's like, oh, maybe this is God. <laughs> Isn't that wild how long it took the actual prophet <laughs> to understand and know that it was God? See, very often you cannot depend on other people to hear for God, from God for you. <laughs> All right. So he, he sends him back. He says, okay, this time when he speaks, be like, hey, this... Uh, it's your boy. I'm hearing you. What do you want? Right? And then God begins to, to speak to Samuel. And I think, I think if, we're not, if we're not careful, we will, we will learn how to hear from God and we will have all of these things that we believe God is saying to us. But if we don't move into the other phase of hearing from God that I think really brings everything into fruition... I think we will leave a lot of stuff that God spoke to us just kind of sitting up on a shelf and like, man, that was really nice. That was really cool. Maybe one day. And we'll never work that thing out. I think so many of us miss 
out on what God is saying, not because he's not speaking to us, not because we haven't heard him, not because we don't have some direction, but because we, we refuse to go into the next step of hearing from God, and that's interpretation. It's not, it's not just, are you speaking, because we know he's speaking. It's, it's, what did you mean? What did you mean by that? And this is the part that I think really gets us frustrated because this is a process. This can take time very often. And, and, and we're not really creatures that love process. We, we really like for things to happen quickly. But I, I decided yesterday, my son's been, my, 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 both of my boys, they, they play video games and they really like, like Call of Duty and Fortnite and stuff. And so they've been like, Dad, you should, you should play with us. And, and Judah's getting older, and I realize I don't have a whole lot of time with him. And this is one of the things that he loves to do. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to get back. And um, I've played video games in the past, and it's become an issue with me, like staying up till 2, 3 in the morning. And so I don't want this to happen again. This affected the intimacy in my marriage. You know what I'm talking about? Like I'm not, I'm not trying to go there again. So... So I, I, put, I set some parameters for myself, and I'm like, okay, if I'm going to do this, this is what I'm going to do. And so uh, yesterday we, we broke out the old, my, my PlayStation, and we brought it upstairs, and we put it in the living room. We set it up, and I was all ready to play, but as, uh, as we turned it on, it was like, you haven't been on this in a long time, so we have to verify that this is you. I forgot my email address and my password, and... <laughs> There were like three different accounts that needed to be linked together. And then all this, I get all of that done. And about an hour and a half later, I'm, I'm ready to play the game. And then the game downloads. And then it's like, it needs an update. <laughs> and so I'm like sitting there. And so it's almost 3 o'clock. I decided to do this at 10 a.m. And it's like 3 in the afternoon. And I still haven't played a video game. You know what I'm talking about? It's like that process... You got to sign in. You got to remember your password. You got to, I mean, it's just like, I'm not a fan of process. And we don't like this because this is the part where it's like, we got to get counseling. It's going to require me sitting and having a meeting with someone I trust and respect, someone I can talk to about this thing I believe God is saying to me. And, and man, I don't like that. But, here, here's the thing. You can hear from God in isolation, but you cannot interpret God in isolation. Proverbs 15 and 22 says this. It says, without counsel, purposes are disappointed. And no, men, no, no wonder so many of the things we try to do for God fall flat on their faces because we tried to do them based on that original word we got, but we didn't have any help in interpreting it. Or any help in developing like an, uh, the ability to, to, to actually apply it. <laughs> or any time in bringing people around us to make sure we actually heard from God. And it wasn't just something we were feeling in our emotion. Proverbs 15, 22. So without counsel, purposes are disappointed. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. One translation says in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. I had a friend, he was battling with something, and his doctor uh, was in his church, and his doctor came to him one Sunday. He was like, listen, I, I know what's going on, and I need you to come see me. The guy was like, nah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to come to the doctor. He's like, listen, you come see me now, or you will come see me later. But either way, you are coming to see me. 
I think very often <laughs> we get ourselves into a whole lot of drama that never should have happened in our life because we didn't go to the doctor immediately. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, it's like, and so now we've, we've tried to work out something we thought God was speaking to us and maybe he was speaking to us. That word, but we moved, in, our timing wasn't right. We were too fast. We overthought it. We, we overstated it or we underplayed it or we, we didn't apply it correctly. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, like I, I, I know God is talking to me and sometimes we, we want to move so fast that, that we don't want to sit and just like, wait on the Lord for a little bit and wait for confirmation and, and maybe wait for some sort of input or advice or someone to say, hey, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, but have you thought about it this way? Man, I, I think we would save ourselves a whole lot of time at the doctor later if we would just go to the doctor now. Because when you avoid or ignore counsel, you lose more time because now you have to go back and fix what you would never have broken if you would have asked for help at the beginning. This is, this is good for us because this gives us clarity. And when we have clarity, it helps us to go in our right mind. It helps us to go without being double-minded. The Bible says that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And when you are convinced that God has spoken to you, and then you take that word that God has spoken, and you, you allow that word to be tested, because if God speaks it, if God's, God's word can be tested, by the way. Jesus, okay, in the Old Testament, God says, he says, test me in this. I'm, in other words, he said, I'm about to get, I'm going to say something to you, but I want you to test it out. Before you go all in on it, just test it out. And watch me do what I said I would do. God is not offended that we would test out his word. And I think part of the testing process of, of when God speaks to us is to sit with somebody with some authority in our life or somebody that we trust to, to handle God's word and say, hey, I feel like God is saying this to me. What are you, what are you sensing? It's not like I'm putting that word in their hands and they get to, they get to kill it or make it. I just, I just want, I just want to, to get a little counsel about this because when I decide to do this, I'm all in. And I think so many of us, we, we step back from the word of the Lord because, yeah, we believe God spoke something to us, but we didn't get counsel and so we have no backup. We have nobody on our side saying, yeah, that's God. You need to go with it. And so when we step out there and we get out there and difficulty comes, it's like, did I really hear from God? Am I, I don't even know. But when, when, you got a, when you got a leader in your life who's like, that's the word of the Lord, you go. And when you step out and trouble comes, you're like, this must be God. Because even though there's trouble, my leadership said it's the Lord. My, my, maybe, you, maybe you have a good relationship with my, my family. My parents said this is God. People I trust said this is God. So this opposition must mean that I'm doing the right thing. Because if you don't have counsel and you face opposition, very often you'll think you'll get in your head and you'll be double-minded. Is this really what I'm supposed to do? And trouble comes and you'll be like, I don't, I don't know. And you back off what you believe God spoke to you because you have no back up. So, so in, in the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah feels this call, this tug from the Lord 
so much that it's affecting the way he, his countenance, it's affecting the way he carries himself. And his, his king, who he works for, notices it and he asks him, he's like, Nehemiah, he's like, what's going on with you? Now, Nehemiah could have been like, I don't need to tell you about this. This is just between me and God. This is the word of the Lord for my life. He was like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling this, I'm feeling this tug to go and help the people of God. I'm feeling this burden and I, I have to do something about it. And the king is like, what do you need? Have you, have, maybe you are missing the funding for the will of God for your life. Because you won't talk to anybody about the will of God for your life. So counsel is a huge part of this process. Interpretation is a massive part of fulfilling the will of God in your life. Now, we've heard this said before. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. But I've heard this said a lot. That we cease to progress when we refuse to change. Right? But here's the thing. You stop changing when you stop being led. Okay? So when you refuse leadership, you actually refuse the next thing that God wants to do in your life. Wherever you are stuck, you are stuck there because you have ceased to allow leadership to influence it. If you are stuck financially, it's because you have refused to allow someone to lead you in your finances. You're like, I got this. No, you don't. You are terrible with money. That's why you are in so much debt. But I, no, 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 no. You don't have this. You are stuck and you need a leader. That's why even though the man is mean as a snake, some of y'all need a Dave Ramsey in your life. You will feel like you are in bondage. You will feel like you cannot go out to dinner. I remember we did the envelope system when we were younger and it changed our lives. I was terrible with money. I had cars that were more expensive than the place I was living. I had a trailer worth $12,000 and a pimped out Honda Accord with leather seats and a subwoofer in the back worth 25000 Something's wrong. And I'm like, I can do this. I can do this. And it wasn't until Monica was like, Robbie, you're bad at this. We need help. And Dave Ramsey had me putting envelopes of cash in my freezer. Anybody like... Anybody ever done Financial Peace University? You know what I'm talking about? Putting envelopes in your freezer, hiding it from your children and from, from yourself. Like, I would give Monica cash and be like, don't tell me where that is. Best Buy is calling my name. Don't you tell me where that is. And it wasn't until I allowed someone to come in and lead me where I could not go myself. And I had prophets coming in town telling me all the time, God wants to bless you. God wants to prosper you. And I'm just thinking that means God wants me to get brand new TVs on credit. (laughs) 
and he's going to get me a house for all this stuff I'm buying to put in my trailer. I needed help. I had a word, but I needed interpretation. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So your life, listen, your life goes backwards when you're led by the wrong voices. But listen, it goes nowhere when you are led by no one. It goes backwards when you're led by the wrong voices, but it goes nowhere when you're led by no one. Isaiah 119. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good things of the land. And I think so many of us are stuck eating the things of the land. And we're like, we're eating. But it's not the good things of the land. And what we find, I think, most common in Christianity, especially in American culture, is a people that are willing to be saved, but unwilling to be led. (laughs) When we have a faith that says, follow me, Jesus said, follow me, then his apostles would teach people and say, follow me as I follow him. And we have lost the ability to be led. We are such an individualistic culture And it's just about me, myself, and I, what I want, what I need, that we are willing to be saved, but unwilling to be led. Jesus, save my life, but don't you dare tell me how to live it. (laughs) It's funny, it's, it's like we want him to make us. So he says to his disciples, he says, follow me. And I'll make you fishers of men. It's like we want him to make us without following. And some of us have to be careful because sometimes when we get out of a bad leadership situation or a controlling leadership situation or we had controlling parents or family or people who are constantly trying to push their agenda on our lives, we, we can get out of that and just assume that, man, because that was bad, everybody's bad. But don't throw something away because God still uses leadership in your life. And listen, you know, if you've been in this church long enough to, to know, you, you know me. I'm not saying you have to submit to me, but some of, some of y'all need to submit to somebody. You are just loose cannons running around doing your own thing, not talking to anybody about anything. Hmm. Be very careful that you don't refuse something that God has established because you had a bad experience with it. The man in the Bible, his name was Caleb. God looked at Caleb and he told the people, he's like, man, he's, this guy's different. Why was he different? God says, Caleb's different because he follows me. He follows me. And you really, listen to me, you cannot follow God without following God's order. And God has established authority in the earth. That's his order. That's his order. This is important. Interpretation is important because you will always mismanage what you don't understand. This is why I think the enemy wants us. I think I think he would rather us be misinformed than ignorant. 
Because at least when we're ignorant, ignorant, it's not a bad word. It's not when you say, oh, man, you're ignorant. <laughs> sounds like a massive insult, but it's just like you don't know because you haven't been informed. It's, it's, not, it's, not an in, it's not like an insult in the sense that, like, I'm not telling you you just you're, 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 you're not smart. No, you just don't know because you haven't been told. But I, I think the enemy would rather have you misinformed than uninformed. Because when you're misinformed, you have information, it's just wrong. So not only, not only are you wrong, but you're also arrogant. Because you think you have the right information. <laughs> Man, I think... <laughs> I think we've experienced a lot of misinformation over the last couple of years. Some really arrogant people that thought they knew the way. <laughs> well, all right. That, that, could, that could go a lot of different ways this morning. But we're going to get back into the Bible here. <laughs> and we mismanage things. Sometimes not just because we don't understand them, but because we've been misinformed. And when we've been misinformed about something, we can misuse something. That's what abuse is. It's abnormal use. It's, it's using something in a way it was not intended to be used. It's treating something in a way it was not intended to be treated. Not only can we abuse it, but we can underuse it if we don't understand it. I didn't think we had a bottle opener for a long time in my house. There's this, there's this thing in our house, and it's, it's got this like corkscrew thing on it. It goes down, and, and it opens up like a wine bottle for, for cooking, guys, for cooking. Chill out. Um, but, but I didn't understand that you could also use it to open up bottles. So I'm like, where's the bottle opener? Monica's like, we have one. I'm like, honey, we haven't had a bottle opener in this house for years. And she's like, Robbie, we have had a bottle opener in this house as long as we've been married. I'm like, show me. She reaches in. She grabs. That's not it. She's like, she changes the way it looks. And then just like snaps the bottle cap off. And I'm like, the devil is a liar. <laughs> what wickedness is this? Have you ever just not known that something does something? And then you find out and you're like, oh, I have wasted years of my life. Arr, and you're like, ah, banging it on the other side. You know how many Coke bottles I've drank because I busted off the cap? It's like sometimes we just don't use something to its fullest potential. Have you ever had something and then somebody that knows a lot about it comes along and shows you like, did you know you could do this? Oh, I, somebody told me the other day, they were like, did you know you can leave group conversations? I almost passed out. I was like, this is life changing. Because I get thrown into some dumb group conversations. 
So interpretation helps us with all of that. It helps us see, hey, did you, I, I, know, I know you heard that, and I'm with you, but did you ever consider that maybe it, it means this? Or did you ever consider that maybe you're limiting it to this, but it's, it's, it's bigger than that? This is, where, this is where counsel helps. This is where interpretation helps. And then there's application. There's application. So I've heard God speak. I feel like I know what he's saying. But now let's talk about when and where. Now let's talk about timing. Because if you read the Bible, you're, and if you haven't, you're going to find out once you start reading it that very often the season of announcement is not the same as fulfillment. And God can say something in 2000 and not actually bring it to fulfillment until 2022. It was this way for David. He's just a shepherd boy working with his father. The prophet comes and anoints him king. It wouldn't be until 15 years later and a lot of stuff before he was actually appointed king. And I think if we're not careful, we'll think that the same season that God announces something to us is the same season that he wants us to apply it. And so much of what God does is timing. Even when Jesus came on the scene, it was, it was an issue of timing. It's like, why then? The Bible says when the fullness of time had come. God lives outside of time, but he operates in time. And God, who lives outside of time, looks at timelines and he says, that's the moment. That's the day. That's the hour. The Bible even says about us, it's appointed unto man once to die. Death is an appointment. So, so there, is a, there is a time and a season. The Bible says there's a time and a season for everything under the sun. And could it be, yes, God spoke it to you, but you're trying to implement it in the wrong season. That's why you cannot skip interpretation. I have people come to me all the time. They're like, man, I got this call of God in my life. I feel like God's called me to plant a church. I'm like, that's awesome. Where? Uh, I don't know yet. When? I'm not sure. And I look at him like, you know what? That's totally fine. We'll figure that out. Can I tell you today, it's okay not to know all of the details? And I think sometimes... We think that it's a waste of time, but could it be that God is trying to save you time? And if you move ahead of his season, then it actually frustrates you more and sets you back more than if you would have done it in his timing. Because a day with the Lord is like a thousand elsewhere. But when you, when you hit on God's day, you get a thousand. But when you try to do it on your day, you're, you're working a thousand days doing what God said I'll do in one. 
day. So when, when I hear from God, it's not just enough to go, okay, that's great. Um, I need help to interpret this. And I need help with when to apply this. Where am I going to do this? Because the place of announcement is not always the place of fulfillment. Oh, I will. The place of announcement is not always the place of fulfillment. And sometimes, listen to me, sometimes God can speak something to you in a church. And you might think, oh, this is for this one. But it could possibly be that God is going to move you. I've had friends that have felt calls to pastor. And they've been in this church. And some of them have actually become pastors in this church. And some of them have actually, we have sent them to help other churches. But if we would have tried to force that thing that they were feeling the call of God to do on their life, we would have hurt you. We would have hurt them. And we would have frustrated the plan of God for their life. But because we waited on the Lord, they that wait on the Lord, there is nothing more frustrating in life than a waiting room. Nothing. You want to bring out the worst parts of humanity? Have them sit in a DMV for an hour. You want to see people lose their mind? Make them wait. (laughs) Oh, make them wait. They can literally leave the presence of God, walk out of these doors, get in that parking lot, sit for five minutes and lose their ever loving mind. Try to run over a police officer on the way out of here. And it's like you were just in church. We hate to wait. And here's the thing about God is that he loves to make us wait. He loves it. He loves it because he loves to develop us. He loves to expose us to issues in our character and things that we thought we had taken care of. And he's like, I can't, uh, this next season of your life is so important. I cannot allow you to take that attitude with you. I can't, this next season of your life is so important. I can't allow you to take that relationship with you. I can't allow you to take that mentality with you. And so I got to work it out of you. How you going to do that, God? (laughs) I'm going to make you wait. (sighs) This is, this is crazy because Some people are not succeeding because they quit everything they get bored with. In youth ministry, I could just tell when a kid was going to struggle. It was like 16-year-olds that were too good to work at McDonald's. Like, I could tell. They would, if you had eight jobs in one year, I could just tell life was going to be difficult for you. That's so mean, but it's so accurate because the people who quit everything they get bored with 
never stay around long enough to see harvest. Fruitfulness. And if, even, if you are, even if you are a plant, you don't get to see the fullness of everything that you are supposed to be if you don't stick around for all of the seasons. You don't get to go through spring and summer and be like, man, this is awesome. You know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to jump and hide and chill and do something else during winter. No, you have to stay planted just as planted during the winter when your leaves are falling off. And you feel lifeless and you're ugly. Anybody got some stuff in your garden at home? That man, in the summer, that stuff pretty. But when it gets to wintertime, that is ugly. And you're telling your friends, just wait till the spring gets here. Because that's, that's going really, to be really pretty. It's going to be really colorful in the spring. But none of y'all see color because you like to uproot in the winter. And you never stick through something through the difficult seasons of life, so you never get to enjoy the harvest seasons of it. And some people's need for excitement is why fruitfulness avoids them. Any of y'all raising a kid who's like, they have to be doing something all the time. What are we doing today? Nothing, bro. We're just... Where are we going? Nowhere. <laughs> Have you ever thought about heaven? Just like sit, sat and just literally thought about eternity. Like, have you ever thought like every day we're just going to be worshiping God every single day? I got a teenager who would get bored with eternity. <laughs> we just going to worship Jesus again today? That's what we're going to do? <laughs> we're going to circle the throne again, angels. We're going to talk. We're going to do this again. Can we not go to Six Flags? Where's Disney? Okay, I'm, I promise you. <laughs> so much of of real life is lived in things that are routine and seem not to be fulfilling any sort of big purpose. But man, the winter season for nature is just as important as summer. And it's just as important for you as it is for me. This is why application is so important because very often we get bored with it and we want to we want to quit it. And we want to run away and do something different. But if we don't if we don't get the right interpretation of what God is saying and then we don't get the right application of what God is saying we'll be out here trying to do things for God. And they won't work. I, I, I meet pastors all the time, people all the time who plant churches and they don't work. There's nothing more honorable than trying to plant a church. But sometimes they don't work. Why? It could be that that person isn't called to do that, but it could also be wrong season, 
wrong time, wrong place. So it'd be better to wait for clarity because God can, all of those times that you think you've wasted, oh man, I, I wish I would have, and if I would have in my 20s and I would have in my 30s, God can take your 50s and your 60s and make them the most, most productive decades of your life. He could do more from 70 to 80 than you did on your own from 10 to 70. So Father, we ask right now, help us, help us God. <laughs> Not only do we want to hear from you, but we want to, we want to interpret it correctly and we want to apply it accurately. We don't want to move with bad information, misinformation. We don't want to move uninformed. And we don't want to move outside of your timing for our life. Nehemiah said, this is on my heart to do. I want to do it. I want to help the people of God. He shared it, and his king funded it. It's wild how it works when we live our lives in submission to the king. It's wild how it works when we follow you and not ourselves. We find our places, our we find ourselves in places of of provision and safety. The king even sent his own guard. He sent protection with him. Because he wanted him to know, when you get out there and you feel unsafe, I've got your back. Because anybody who obeys the word of the Lord is not going to obey the word of the Lord and the enemy not notice it and want to stop it. But if I'm out here on my own, doing my own thing, God is not obligated to protect me doing my own thing. God is not obligated to fulfill my plan for my life. So God, help us. Help us to move in step with you. Holy Spirit, do what Jesus said you would do. Lead us and guide us into all truth. And we thank you for that. And I'm believing over these next few months that are left in this year and over the first few months of next year that there is going to be a release of the voice of God, not, not in the sense that God is going to start talking, but in the sense that, that we are going to start listening. I believe this because I believe that God is setting this region up for a move of God. And we need people to be in their place. Help us to get in our place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Will you stand on your feet with me this morning?